What is living in lockdown like? As the world tries to make sense of the coronavirus and South Africa's knee-deep in a government-initiated lockdown, we'll be hearing from different voices what they're up to and how they're handling living in the lockdown. Another person we've got to catch up on who's in the United States is our friend Jen Sue. She's had to pause on her work at events and awards because she stays put at home at the moment like everybody in the U.S. And we're about to find out how she is living in lockdown. Jen Sue, how are you? Hey, Gareth. Hi, Cliff Central. I miss all of you guys. I'm thinking of everyone in South Africa. And we are doing very well. I am very fortunate to be in very good health, and I'm happy to see you, Gareth, and the whole team in good health as well. Well, you've got a a family you've got to look after there as well. Are you guys in, in, where are you, in Philadelphia? Yes. Okay. Yes, the suburbs of Philadelphia. Okay, so you're in your house. Can you go out? Can you do normal stuff, or are you kind of quarantined to the house? So we are on lockdown officially, but with the lockdown, we do have some allocations, which is obviously going to the supermarket right. or caring for a loved one if need be. Uh, also, we are allowed to go out for walks. We're allowed to walk our pets if needed. Um, so, you know, I am lucky being out sort of in the countryside. I do get to go out when I want to go out. But obviously... Because even going to the supermarket is extremely stressful and mm. laden with germs. Uh, I try very hard not to go out at all. Um, are you, are you, a, little, are you a little bit paranoid? Are you a bit of a neat freak? Are you a bit scared of these germs? I mean, are you, are you freaking out a bit? I am a total germaphobe. I am mm. so paranoid. But I think that that paranoia actually has kept me healthy. And I have a reason to be. My son is immunocompromised. He has acute lymphoblastic leukemia. I had to leave South Africa because of his emergency medical treatment. He almost died. And I don't want to be in a position where he's going to be compromised again. Mm. And anyone who is immunosuppressed is at high risk for COVID. And I just will do everything in my power to make sure that myself and my family don't get sick. Well, I mean, it's it's a kind of scary situation for for a lot of people, but even more so people like you who are in in the in the the quandary of having to navigate this, which is hard enough for anybody who doesn't have the extra challenges. But because of Michael, you got to worry about these things. And and are you are you going around the house with like hand sanitizer and Clorox and all kinds of other stuff? So I am. Um, <laughs> I'm just picturing you with like a little spray bottle in on the one hand and gloves <laughs> yes. on and, and a mask on and, and you're disinfecting yep. everything and putting a UV light on stuff. It must be a huge scene. It is. And of course, the family laughs at me. Yeah. But you know what? Better safe than sorry. And uh, I feel better doing that. Even if you are healthy and everyone in your house is healthy, hmm. you never know because people are asymptomatic. Right. You can be healthy, not show symptoms, and actually have traces of the virus and be shedding that virus in your That's house. True. So you that really is... need to clean every single day. And so I spend probably an extra two to three hours a day. So if I'm not on social media all the time, it's because I'm cleaning and scrubbing like mad. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Uh, a couple of things I want to ask you. 
Um, you're with your family. How are you keeping connected, though? Because you are one of the best networkers I've ever met in my life, and you know everybody, and you talk to everybody, and it must be killing you that you're trapped in your house. Well, it is hard, but, you know, since everybody else is trapped, uh, <laughs> pretty much, you know, mm -hmm. SA is in lockdown. Um, now 96% of the USA is basically under stay-at-home orders. We all are in the same boat. So it's video chatting, calling, FaceTiming, WhatsApping friends. And that's been really wonderful. And I so appreciate um, people who have come and checked in on me or checked in on Michael and my other son, Sammy, to see how we're all doing. Um, you know, that's really been important. And I do look through a lot of my old photos and videos. And everybody used to make fun of me because I'd go to every erection of every stop sign and every party and take photos of literally everything. I'm so glad I'm doing that. I've done that because I have thousands and thousands of photos and I like to look through and think about those memories. And I know that those good times are going to come back again. Do you think the world's going to be a totally different place when we get out of this lockdown? Absolutely. The world is going to be a completely different place. And I do worry because if we cannot get a hold on this. This is going to go on for months and months. Right now, today, they say that the U.S. total cases are 216,722 with 5,137 deaths. Oh when you broadcast this on air, we're probably going to be just about a million, you know, cases globally. I mean, it, it's, it's scary how fast it's taking hold, doubling every two to three days. And I worry about South Africa. You guys are probably two to three weeks behind us. But if you're seeing what's happening in the States, really be worried. And um, But at the same time, there are things that are out of your control. So, you know, you can't be watching news 24-7 because no. that will just drive you nuts. You oh. do have to kind of limit your news consumption. And you have to, you know, do a little bit of just deep breathing, some meditation, watching some comedy movies. For me, I love singing and playing the piano. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm grateful to have music as my creative outlet, but everybody has a creative out outlet of some sort. You know, take this time to use it, whether it's reading a book at home, whether it's picking up an old hobby, um, you know, just try hard to keep yourself also in a calm state of mind because Calmness and also extra sleep is really important for building up immunity. And that's how you're going to fight this coronavirus and how you're going to get through this. Um, do you have a routine you go through every day? Well, I get to sleep a little bit more. Um, but uh, I don't really have a big routine. And I wouldn't mind having more of a routine. I wish I did. Luckily, my kids are both you know, on online schooling right now. So my, so Michael, who's in high school, he's doing online learning. He has to check in at a certain time every morning. And then my other son is at NYU, New York University, and he has classes every day. He's working pretty hard, actually. And he um, has a mentorship with the New York Times. So he's doing all wow. of that from our home, which is pretty amazing. I do, you know, think it's, just awesome how technology still can bring us all together. And we have to look at, you know, all the positives too. But the world, like you said, is going to be a completely different world. But I worry 
because it's just getting worse. One thing I really wish that they would do in the States is call harder for universal mask wearing. And also we need to have a federal order about social isolation. We need, you know, to really ramp up the testing and the testing is happening, but it's too slow. People are not finding out if they're positive or negative until 10 days later sometimes. It's crazy. In the meanwhile, they're going out to the market because they have to. They have to buy food. They have to do things. And they're not wearing masks and they're just going around. They think they are okay, but they're still waiting for the coronavirus tests to come out, the results. And they are infecting other people. Um, The lack of testing, the lack of PPE, the federal government bureaucratic paralysis, the experts in private sector need to get more involved. We need to get the Defense Production Act going. I mean, there's just so much that is happening in our country, which is supposed to be a first world country, but it's really very dire in the U.S. And I also worry about South Africa and everywhere else. I mean, it's just really, it's a worrisome thing. Yeah, I, I don't think you're alone. I mean, we're all thinking the same thing, right? And and we're all a little bit concerned about where this will go and who's going to be affected the most and all that kind of thing. So. You're, you're not the only one thinking this way, and it, it doesn't make people very comfortable. It, it kind of freaks us all out a little bit. How do you think we're going to rebuild the world after lockdown to make things better? Well, I think looking at China right now, um, certainly there are some interesting you know, points that we should be looking at, which is the universal mask wearing. In fact, there you can be arrested for not wearing a mask. Here in the United States, you wear a mask, people think you're sick or you're crazy or Mm. I don't know. I mean, they just think you're nuts. But for me, I wear a mask and I wear gloves to the supermarket. I cover up from top to bottom because Mm. I don't want to take a chance. Um, But now they are seeing that uh, there is coronavirus that is going through the air. You know, there are so many asymptomatic people. So really... Mm. Uh, hopefully the CDC and the WHO are going to start revising those guidelines about wearing masks. You're ordering things, you're ordering takeaway to be delivered. You've got to disinfect the cardboard. You've got wow. to, you do you, know, do you do that as well? Uh, so you bring it in and, and what you, you wipe it down? I wipe it down. Everything, all the plastic containers, all the deliveries from Amazon, um, you can also leave some things, you know, outside for a few days, but mm. they say that it lives on plastic for two to three days. It lives on wood for four yeah. days, doorknobs for five days, Ugh. cardboard for 24 hours. So, I mean, and also just washing, you know, your salads, even though in Woolies, they might say it's already washed, but I think it's best to wash it again. And, mm. um, you know, it's really, and that takes a lot of time. This is sure. a lot of extra time and a lot of extra efforts. And, you know, I don't care if people are laughing at me, but I am still healthy and my family is. And that is my number one goal. I'll do anything to make sure of that. But still, you never know. I mean, anything can happen. And as these cases are going up exponentially here, you don't know when you could just in bad luck. I mean, I could walk into the supermarket, someone could sneeze six feet away, those droplets come and they still hit the side of my face and I accidentally touch my face and who knows? It's that 
serious and we really need to be taking this as seriously as we can. And it worries me because still people are not taking it that seriously. Now, what about you, Gareth? What are you doing at home? I'm, I, you know, I'm pretty much in, in self-quarantine most of the year. So for me, this is normal. <laughs> <laughs> But I hear you, and and you know it it can make you paranoid. I mean, Jesus, I I was thinking about how I, you're picturing you wiping down cardboard boxes that are being delivered, and 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 I think a lot of people in South Africa don't really take it as seriously as they should yet. But then there's some of us who reckon maybe the the good thing that that we could have out of this is that we maybe develop a herd immunity and we get over it quicker because it's going to come back. You know, even if we get a vaccine for this one. There's going to be another one at some point, and we need to, we need to kind of toughen up our immune systems. And some of the time, that makes sense. But if you're a compromised person, if you're somebody who's who's already got immune problems, or you have TB, or you have diabetes, or any of those things, like there isn't a second chance, right? So you you got to do whatever you can. Right. Hmm. Just quickly, because I know you know this. Right. Have you been watching what the fashion houses are doing during this uh, this disaster? Because for them. You know, it's like shutdown, right? It has been disastrous mm. for the fashion industry. What is amazing to see, though, is that they are really banding together to do something about this. So they are setting aside all those matric dance dresses or wedding gowns, and they are producing anything from protective equipment, masks, hand sanitizers, you know, it's really great to see all of these top designers that are really reconfiguring their factories um, to really produce all of this. But we can't get it done fast enough. You know, yeah. they're producing stuff. It still has to in the States. Things have to be approved by the FDA. They have to still get the stuff produced and then transported. So, I mean, and then distributed. I mean, right. we can't get the stuff fast enough. Uh, in hospitals are begging for PPE, uh, personal protective equipment. Hospitals are begging. Um, and healthcare workers on the front line, EMS, it's emergency services, all of these workers, never mind all the delivery people, People on the front lines are getting infected and they don't have enough equipment. And the ERs, the emergency rooms are overloaded. The healthcare workers don't want to see their families because they're afraid they're going to, you know, pass it to their family. So, I mean, wh where it comes from, I'm so happy that the fashion industry is working to reconfigure. I'm really hoping that we can ramp up production and distribution. And the federal government here in the United States really needs to ramp up that Defense Production Act. There needs to be a federal order about social isolation and producing and distribution because the governors are all saying that, that they are not getting the equipment in time. There's promises and those promises are not being followed through. And um, well, if we had listened and watch what was going on in the world a couple months ago, we would have been able to ramp up that production and build up the national stockpile. So where you, uh, where South Africa is right now, I am glad to see Ramaphosa taking this so seriously. Mm. There is so much that needs to be done, and it is going to be extremely difficult to enforce in South Africa 
I worry about the townships, the informal settlements, the homeless. Now they're being transferred to downtown shelters and stadiums. Yeah. And there, I see them standing so close to each other. I mean, this is really worrisome. You just get one person in, in there to have it, and it's going to spread like wildfire. Never mind, you know, a significant population in South Africa with HIV, TB, diabetes, asthma, which are predisposed to COVID-19. Uh, a lot of people don't have access to clean water or public health care. It really is worrisome. But the good thing is they're seeing what's happening in the States, in Italy, in Spain, yeah. in the UK. And hopefully you guys are going to flatten that curve earlier on. I well, really hope so. Well, know? Jen, I mean, it's good to talk to you. It's a horrible reason to talk to you, but thank you for being on the show. And, and uh, I, I wish you guys only happiness, health and, and safety there where you are. And keep us updated. Thank you. I think this is also a time for everyone to just reflect, look at and think back about all of the good things that you've experienced and people that you've seen and just try to keep your chin above water because it is really it hasn't hit South Africa as hard yet but when it does it's you need to have everything you know all of your strength with you you need to build up your immunity your strength your rest and your energy so that when it hits you're ready for it well Jen love you lots be good love you lots cool. you guys take care stay safe be well